from the Sandia Mountains of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Welcome back to the Craves Controversy Podcast, where law and history meet to understand judicial opinions. I'm your host, Tara H. Thank you all for joining. Today's topic is the 14th Amendment, specifically the Equal Protection Clause, using the case Gretter v. Bollinger. Gretter v. Bollinger was decided June 23, 2003, discussing race as a, quote, compelling interest for higher education admissions. The facts begin with Barbara Grutter, a white female, being denied admission to the University of Michigan Law School in 1997. Grutter claimed the university factored race into their admission process, which affected her ability to enter. Grutter claimed the school denied her acceptance because of her race. The university said diversity was important to the school, which required the presence of minority students, but argued their standard didn't mean the admissions had to meet a certain quota. The Eastern District Court of Michigan found the university was in violation of the 14th Amendment using race in their admissions process. The appellate court reversed the decision, however, stating the university had a, quote, compelling state interest towards diversity. Grutter appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States, where the justices had to answer whether the public university factoring race in its admissions process violated the 14th Amendment or the Civil Rights Act. The 14th Amendment, specifically the Equal Protection Clause, says, Nor shall any state deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. The 14th Amendment was ratified in 1868 during the Reconstruction Era. The American Civil War was over, and the South was in the process of readmission into the Union. The original intent of the Equal Protection Clause addressed state power to prevent these states from discriminating against the newly freed slaves. Over time, the Equal Protection Clause extended to other racial minorities and women. But even as the Equal Protection Clause developed, the country still remained segregated. The Civil Rights Movement compelled Congress to end segregation through the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Affirmative action was adopted with the Civil Rights Act, improving opportunities for minority groups and women. Affirmative action grew with President Johnson's executive order in 1965, and the Office of Federal Contract Compliance and Equal Employment Opportunity Commission were also established to deter businesses and educational institutions from discriminating against women and minorities. So what does affirmative action look like in court? In 1978, the Supreme Court discussed a medical school's affirmative action admissions policy with the case Regents of the University of California v. Baki. In Baki, a white man wasn't admitted into the medical school after applying twice, while minorities with lower performance standards were admitted. In this case, the school's affirmative action policy used a quota system. Out of every 100 seats, 16 were reserved for minority students. That meant race was a determinative factor for many applicants. The court held the university violated the 14th Amendment since it used a quota system. Greta v. Bollinger is also an affirmative action case. In a 5-4 decision, Justice O'Connor wrote the opinion. Different from Baki, the Supreme Court held the university did not violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment in their admissions process. 
the race consideration was narrowly tailored in the admissions process and was therefore constitutional. To clarify, since race was only one factor in the admissions process and not the determinative factor, it passed under the Constitution. In addition, the court reasoned the university's purpose for including race as a factor also had a compelling interest as an institution of higher education for racial diversity, keeping with precedent. Interestingly, decided on the same day was the case Gratz v. Bollinger, and addressed a very similar matter, but had a different ruling. The University of Michigan's undergraduate admissions policy, like their law school, included race as a factor. The undergraduate policy set up a point system for their evaluation process. In 1995, two white applicants applied to the undergraduate school but were denied admission. The applicants made a claim against the university violating their 14th Amendment right and the Civil Rights Act of 1964. In this case, the Supreme Court held the university violated the Equal Protection Clause because the policy was not narrowly tailored. The policy did not appear to consider every applicant, but rather gave an overwhelming advantage to minority applicants with the point system, shown by admitting nearly every minority applicant. While I tried to make this episode as simple and condensed as possible, I think understanding the current status of the Equal Protection Clause might need some more explanation. Next week's episode will be a continuation of this one, using the case Fisher v. University of Texas. Fisher is a more recent case challenging higher education admissions policies with the Equal Protection Clause, but I think it's a better case for discussing standards of judicial review and applying levels of scrutiny. Want to learn more? Stay tuned for next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and follow for next week's episode.